Hi, Father Dan. Hey, Beth. How are you? So good. Thanks for coming down. Oh, glad. I've been looking forward to this conversation. Even though we didn't know what we were going to talk about, <laughs> I knew it was going to be good. <laughs> Me too. And I'm glad you thought of something. I did. I was hoping, Father, that we could talk about prayer. Love it. You're a pretty prayerful guy. Even more than that, perhaps, you are a practical guy, which is why I think this conversation is going to be incredible. I love it. I hope there's something to offer. Okay, Father. Uh, first of all, tell us a little bit about you. Yeah. So I've been a priest for seven years, a priest of the Diocese of Phoenix. Uh, I'm born and raised in Phoenix, Arizona. I grew up here, went to school here uh, in college. I went to the University of Pittsburgh, and it was there that I... I uh, really began to take ownership of my own prayer life, of my own faith. I was fortunate to run into good people who encouraged me to pray, encouraged me to deepen my own life of prayer, uh, such that after two years uh, of university, I entered the seminary. I spent seven years in seminary, and uh, praise God, was ordained a priest in uh, June of 2016. Uh, it's been great to be a priest in Phoenix, and I absolutely love it. Father, happy anniversary. Thank you. You just had your seven year. Yesterday. Number of perfection. Wow. Praise the Lord. It's going to be a good it. year. Next big one will be 49 then, I guess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Father. <laughs> we got a ways. You, you got time yeah. to plan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. One of my favorite stories that you tell is about uh, your can I call it a conversion, this deeper conversion that you had yeah. in college mm -hmm. through the invitation mm -hmm. of a missionary on campus, right? No, it's actually a, a grad student. Wow. A friend of mine named Blake. Yeah. And, shout uh, out, Blake. Shout out, Blake. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, Blake was uh, yeah, he's somebody who reached out to me and uh, uh, we became friends. And, uh, you know, Blake is an awesome guy. Uh, I remember him being like very direct in college anyways, and uh, I remember one day he just said, hey, are you, uh, are you praying every day? And I was like, whoa, <laughs> like, <laughs> we're just friends, you know, <laughs> like, and, uh, but you know, I, I knew it was like a question that I should be able to easily answer, and I couldn't without mm -hmm. like lying, and so I kind of took the classical route of saying, you know, I'm really busy. <laughs> and I'm like, who hasn't said that before, right? Um, <clears throat> so, you know, I got school and I was on the swim team and all these different things. And and he very wisely came back and said, well, do you, do you have five extra minutes every day? And it's like, all right. <laughs> you know, like, I see where this is going, you know. <laughs> and it's like, of course, of course I have five extra minutes wow. every day. And um, so, yeah, Blake invited me to pray five minutes a day uh, and, and I told him I would and because I said I would uh, I did Wow! didn't actually know what I was doing and some days it would be a little bit different sometimes just listing people uh, to pray for sometimes just five minutes of Hail Mary's you know <laughs> and, uh, but but the Lord works with everything thanks be to God and it was that five minutes a day that really uh, uh, inflamed in me the desire to pray more Wow yeah. Praise God for Blake. No doubt. I mean, it's pretty incredible that you were honest. <laughs> <laughs> and 
that you took it seriously. Yeah. Like there must have been a grace already at work that you took him up on that. Yeah, you know, like, and I, I don't quite remember the timeline, but it was yeah. right about that time, probably not coincidentally, that I really started thinking about the priesthood. Wow. Um, yeah, you know, you give the Lord a little bit of space, and He always takes care of you, and yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he, however it worked, you know, He invited me, and I said yes, and um, yeah, the rest kind of just started to think more about the priesthood, thinking about what, do, what does God want with my life, and, and you know, like I said, I was on the swim team in college and I, you know when you're living that lifestyle going to school like division one athletics it's, it's not always the like healthiest place to grow in virtue you know mm-hmm. uh, but having people like that to really um, invite me deeper with the Lord was a huge gift but but I would say also in that environment you notice like what's actually real <laughs> like mm-hmm. like the way that like my classmates teammates are living me with them sometimes it's like you're like this this isn't real it doesn't last there's nothing there's nothing substantial about it uh, and it was really in that time when I really felt the call to the priesthood more deeply you know I'd say I felt it when I was younger but yeah. I never really had any place for it to take root and of course that's the life of prayer and um, yeah so I started to think more about the priesthood and I don't know if I've ever told you this Beth but the way that like I didn't know what to do. I was just like, I think I'm supposed to be a priest. And so, <laughs> I, so I like looked up um, like Priesthood Phoenix or something. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. And I just found this phone number for someone who's called the vocations director. Wow. And I just called and I left a voicemail. And I was like, my name's Dan. I'm in college. I think God's called me to be a priest. Wow. So if you can call me back, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> and someone called me back. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Father, I thought that was so well put that you um, had been aware of these like seeds of your vocation, but that mm-hmm. there was nowhere for them to take root. Yeah. And that prayer is what readied yeah. the soil of your hearts. Am I making that like too poetic? No, no, but it, well, no, but it's true, and it's obviously yeah. the scripture. You know. Yeah. Uh, there's some seed that's sown on like rocky ground and good soil, spread on the road, uh, and it needs to take root. At different points in my life, I was different places in that soil, you know. Sometimes it was thorny, sometimes it was the hard road. Um, but uh, thanks be to God that someone invited me to pray that uh, something was able to take root. Yeah. Father, I don't think it's overblown to say that prayer changed your life. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> Not just one time. Multiple times. Yeah. Constantly. Yes. Yeah. Every day. Every day. I've heard you share about your passion for this personal dimension to prayer mm-hmm. through the lens of scripture. Yeah. I've heard you talk about the woman <laughs> with the hemorrhages, about Zacchaeus. Yeah. Would you maybe give us like a 30,000 foot view <laughs> of what prayer can be and is, is meant to be the invitation to prayer? Yeah. You know, so, so often we feel a desire in our lives for something more, mm. you know. Um, whether, we've, whether we're in our vocation or not, um, we often get a sense that we're created for more than um, the daily experience, we might say. And one of the things I've been struck by, like you may say, um, the woman with hemorrhages for 12 years, uh, Zacchaeus, is that it seems like what Jesus is constantly doing in the Gospels is uh, he's always pulling us out of the facelessness of the crowd. 
he's always taking us out of that um, anonymity of the crowd and inviting us into a personal, familial relationship with himself. Um, you know, like Zacchaeus, he just hears that Jesus is passing by, you know. He sees the crowds, he climbs the tree, because he just wants to see him. That's it. But Jesus, even with that little response from Zacchaeus, what does he do? He says, Zacchaeus, come down. Today I must stay at your house. I love, I love like that word, I, I must stay at your house, you know. Um, yeah, the Lord pulls Zacchaeus out of the anonymity of the crowd into a relationship with him, into a familial relationship. They begin to like share a meal, you know. Yeah. And, and Zacchaeus' heart um, is transformed. It's transformed by that relationship with the Lord. And I think about that in my own life, my own ministry. Mm. Like what the Lord has given to me, like that's the thing that I live from. Whether it's prayer, whether it's relationship, you know, those things obviously go together. And then how, how do I become an extension of what I've received from the Lord? You know, I'm just reflecting on something that I know to be true about you. Um, a tangible fruit of this prayer, this understanding of how Jesus approaches people, invites people by name. Mm -hmm. And you're living this as a pastor. Would you be willing to share that little <laughs> grace of what, like in imitation of Jesus, yeah. what you try to do as a pastor? Yeah, you know, one of the, I, I have one very small goal every weekend. <laughs> you know, I try to stand around at all the masses. Uh, and uh, one of my goals is just to learn one new name every weekend. Uh, just trying to imitate the Lord, just trying to, um, Put a, put a name to the people that I see all the time, you know, mm -hmm. like I obviously get up, I celebrate Mass, I see people coming in and out the doors, and it can be kind of daunting to say, like, how do I, like, figure out who everyone is? And yeah. so I set myself a nice small goal, and I just try to learn one new name a weekend. Uh, similar to the invitation that Blake had given me to pray five minutes a day, and mm -hmm. I like to set low bars, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but actually, it, it's actually in that simplicity yeah. that the Lord's able to work. Like sometimes we want to do like great things, and uh, but we we got to start with the little, the small things, and so I try to learn one new name every weekend, and it's been a great gift for me. I've gotten to know uh, the people in my parish so much better. Mm -hmm. um, I've gotten to know more about their own journeys of faith, and uh, people have beautiful stories. Mm -hmm. They have awesome stories, you know, mm -hmm. and that's one been one of the great gifts for me is as I get to know more of the people who I see every week. Um, that I get to see how the Lord's working in so many various ways. It's so beautiful to hear this um, resolution mm -hmm. that came out of it, an experience of prayer, uh -huh. but became very practical yeah. in your vocation, in your everyday life, yeah. which is, I think, by nature what prayer is and what prayer does, yeah. that it like overflows into our lives, yeah. um, that it, it, it kind of has to become practical. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if sometimes we have this like esoteric view of prayer, that yeah. it's like this abstract spiritual thing, mm -hmm. but it's actually meant to affect our daily lives. That's right, you know, and um, we just celebrated the feast of Corpus Christi, and what does it tell us? But that like God wants to come close. Mm. Well, you know, God doesn't want to stay in this abstract realm, but, but he desires to draw close to us. And, you know, sometimes we try to, like, figure out, like, a little bit too much, you know, mm -hmm. or, like, 
uh, you're like, how exactly is God speaking to me? Why, what, what's another thing that we call the Eucharist but the true presence? You know, and why do we call it the true presence? Uh, because Jesus is truly present and he desires to be present to us. Mm. You know, you think about um, maybe if you're going through a difficult time and you want to talk to a friend about it and, you, you know, you don't even need your friend always to uh, come back with the exact right thing. You, you kind of just need to be heard, mm. you know. Yeah. And there's something very powerful in a friend who listens to you who draws close and Jesus desires to be present to us. Uh, he desires to be close to us and, and so as we look sometimes for those abstract things or try to make the abstract concrete, it's like it's actually already concrete in Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. You know, God has already come close to us and, and that's how he desires to give himself to us. You know, whether it's in prayer and adoration or at Mass receiving uh, the body and blood. Wow. Wow. Well, that's amazing. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't come up with it. I, you know. It's everything. You know, yeah. the Eucharist. It's the that's beginning right. and the end. Um, but I, I wonder if maybe I could press you a little bit. All right, let's give it a shot. Into telling us maybe some, like, practicals of prayer or mm -hmm. of hearing God's voice or yeah. establishing a prayer life. Yeah. You know, one of my uh, favorite stories, which maybe you've heard me share before, is um, so there's like this uh, old blind priest who uh, knew his neighborhood very well, and he actually used to go for walks in his neighborhood. And uh, one, one day he's out for his walk, and he gets like turned around somehow, and uh, he loses track of where he is. So he sits down on the curb, and he's like, Lord, what has happened? Like, I don't even, I, I can't tell where I am. And he, and he hears the Lord say like, sit down in the middle of the street. And he's like, no thank you. <laughs> but he hears the voice again. He says, sit down in the middle of the street. Like, Put yourself in a place to be found. And he's mm -hmm. like, okay. So he goes, sits in the middle of the street, and the car comes, honking, what are you doing, old man? You know, and, <laughs> and the car stops. Father, what, what are you doing? Yeah. And he explains, he got lost, and guy gets it, takes him home. And the priest says that as he's walking up to his door, he, he realized that that's, one of the keys to the spiritual life is to put yourself in a place to be found. Mm. You know, put, put yourself in a place of quiet, you know, and so, and, and that, that can mean like physically, whether it's like um, in a quiet place in your home, whether it's going to your adoration chapel, but a place where you can hear the voice of the Lord. Um, you know, it might be that your phone or some sort of screen is often an obstacle to focus. And it's like, okay, we'll put that away and you know, put away for five, ten minutes, however, wherever it is that we need to start. Uh, but we'll put away the distraction so that we can be in a place uh, to be found by the Lord. Uh, again, like I mentioned before, like, no amount of time is too small to begin with yeah. in prayer. And so, you know, if you're finding it difficult to uh, pray regularly, it's like, okay, let's start with five minutes uh, at the same time each day, you know. You don't need to worry about working up to a holy hour right away, you know. If you can do that, great, but there's nothing wrong with praying five minutes a day. Especially when we found it difficult to maintain consistency. But it, but setting those small things, putting ourselves in a good place, uh, physically and like um, with our surroundings, our environment, uh, that's huge. It gives us the ability to hear the Lord. And uh, just a, a little bit of discipline to set those uh, things aside um, for the time being.
Everybody's got five minutes. Everybody's got five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like one of the things, like my excuse was, I'm too busy. Mm-hmm. And I've become more and more convinced that busyness is a great lie. Um, you know, like if someone asks you, like, how's your week been? You're like, oh, it's been so busy. And, and, and I don't doubt that, like, so many people have a lot of things going on. Uh, but busyness does not define our life as Christians. Mm-hmm. You know, God did not create us to be busy. You know, the vocation of priesthood, the vocation of religious life is not a vocation of busyness. The vocation of marriage, of the single life, it, it, they're not vocations of busyness. They're vocations of love, mm-hmm. you know. And so, uh, yeah, we, we want to be aware when those things creep into our lives that, that are just lies, you know. We, we, we have time for the things that we want time for, and, and we, we make time for them. Um, regularly, you know, that's how we plan our days. Mm-hmm. Um, but busyness always seems to strike me as some sort of lie or excuse. Um, and so, yeah, we want to just be aware. And when we get into that temptation to say, I'm too busy, it's basically saying, actually, I just don't have time for this in my life. Mm-hmm. It's not important enough to make the list, you know. Such a good word. Father, I, when you brought up busyness, I thought, yeah, people are really busy. Mm-hmm. But it's not about, like, hacking your schedule. It's just about deciding this it's, is more important. Yeah, it's about deciding, and then it's about saying, like, how do I want to name my life? Mm. You know? Yeah, say more about that. Yeah, it's like, well, so again, like, people are busy or whatever. Yeah. Um, but but if you think about like the ways that you respond to people asking you how things are going or um, whatever, if busyness is the way that you're naming your life um, regularly, we we'll want to fix that because that that just doesn't speak to the Christian vocation. Mm. It doesn't speak to the Christian life, you know. And I so I'm not actually even saying that you have to change your routine of things. Yeah, I'm just saying like, what is it that how, if God were to tell you what you've been up to? Like, would he describe it as busy? Wow. Or what, what would he want to say? Or what would you, how would you want God to describe what you've been doing? How you've been spending your time, you know? Yeah. Um, and of course, prayer is an invitation to love. Vocation is an invitation to love. Um, but then we have like this weird idolatry of busyness these days. And, and you know, turns into this utilitarian thing, doesn't mm. it? Like... If I'm not busy, I'm not doing anything, and therefore, like, there's some lack of value. Mm-hmm. Um, but our value, of course, doesn't come from the things that we do or the schedule that we keep. But, you know, God calls us in baptism to be a part of his family, uh, to be Christians, to live in the love of the Blessed Trinity, uh, and to share that, you know. Okay, Father, any other practical advice? Yeah, so maybe another practical reminder for prayer is that uh, God is always found in reality. So he, he's not found in like, oh, my, if my life had been this, or if I'd actually like done this thing. Um, th- those aren't reality. God, God is found in reality, and, and he's found in the present. You know, when we allow ourselves to uh, live in the moment that God has given to us, that that's when we're going to live in a deeper union with him. And, and it can be really tempting to say like, 
okay, but how's it going to work out in the end? You know, like I can be present, but how's it going to work out, you know, in three weeks, three months, three years, whatever. Um, and, you know, obviously in certain aspects of life, uh, planning is an important thing. But in our relationship with the Lord, um, we, we don't always need to know what's way down there. Uh, I love what Ernest Hemingway says about writing a novel. He says, writing a novel is like driving on the highway at night. You, you can only see as far as the headlights show you, but you can make the whole journey that way. Uh, and it's like, that, that's exactly right. Like, and with the spiritual life, you know, you don't need to know the whole road. You don't need to know exactly what the destination is going to look like. Uh, you, you just need to know that you're following the life that the Lord gives you. Well, I think that about sums it up. There it is. I mean, it works for everything. Yeah. For discernment, for increasing our prayer life, for mm -hmm. even what to do today. Mm -hmm. It's a great yeah. analogy. Yeah. You know, the Lord is present and he wants to be found in the present and in reality. Amen. That's where he wants to meet us. Father, could I ask you to close us in prayer and maybe yeah. give us a blessing? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we rejoice in your loving care for us and watching over us always. Father, you know the plans that you have for our lives. And more than that, you know where you desire to meet us here in this moment. Father, we ask you to give us the grace to trust more deeply in your love and your providence and to surrender ourselves without abandon to your holy will. May Almighty God bless all of you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Father Dan. Great to be with you. See you later. See ya. <laughs>